Ephesians 4, 1 through 10. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, another just absolute banger in the book of Ephesians today. Great passage. Come on. Um, and I might be the first person that you've heard call Ephesians 4 a banger. Uh, you are. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And I, go. I, uh, I'm here for it. Come on. Um, well, got to relate to the youths. Um, anyways, I'm cringing at myself right now, but we're just going to keep rolling. I'm, so, I'm, I'm proud of myself for not egging you on. <laughs> So we got, uh, you know, this walk in a manner that are worthy of, uh, to which you've been called. And then, you know, I don't know how much everyone listening to this, uh, knows about the like age old debate surrounding the apostles creed, but there's this phrase in there. He descended into hell, which is coming straight out of, uh, verses nine and 10, which in the ESV right here is in parentheses. Um, and that's that little explanation about in saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth. And, um, I don't think we have time nor interest to get into, you know, a dusty theological debate today, but I thought you were suggesting that maybe me and you just solve the debate right here. I mean, come on, you know what? Let's let the, let's just let the tension hang thick in the air. Let's just, yeah. So we do best. All right. Come on. Stereology. So Thomas. (laughs) Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, there's like a, a therefore, I therefore prisoner for the Lord. So this is a little bit of a hinge point in Paul's letter. Yeah. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on everything going on? I here can't see before? these verses real well in my Bible. I highlighted oh, them I'm with sorry. a Sharpie. Oh, um, cause they're kind of convicting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I like to Redacted. just skip this part. <laughs> uh, you know, this, uh, here's, here's why this is like kind of a zinger. We in all of culture, not just Christian culture right now, in all of Western culture, we like to find reasons why we don't like people. That mm. is like, Amen. it is so such, such old news and yet such hot topics to like, oh, here's, here's some more people I don't like anymore. Mm. Um, and I'm just really, it's really exhausting when that continues to be a theme in churches. Um, you have people say, oh, I'm leaving that church. And sometimes you do need to leave a church. Like that's just, okay, let's put that to the side. Yeah, there yeah. are, t- there are times you, you start to ask why, and it's, you find out it's just preference. They just decided they didn't like somebody over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then, and, and I'm like, well, you're just a ticking time bomb. It won't be long before you don't like something here. Yep. Uh, and so it's so easy to, and I do this, I'm like, Ooh, that church over there, do I like them or do I not? It's like one of my first thoughts. Yeah. And I, I have to unlearn that all the time. And it means I've become, I've become numb 
And I, I've really kind of become a part of the culture when I think like that. Paul is begging as a prisoner of the Lord to walk in a manner worthy of of Jesus. Amen. And a manner worthy of Jesus is to say, I don't have it all figured out. You don't have it all figured out. What's our common ground? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Of course we're different. Of course we come from different places. Of course we have we have some things we really cling to that we hold to that we are like near and dear to our hearts when it comes to the Lord. Um, and that's good. It's good to have those convictions. But in areas that are essential, we'd need to have unity. Mm-hmm. But there's so many areas that are not essential where we can say, and we worship together, and isn't that beautiful? We have different views on these things, but we are one in the Lord. Absolutely. We are one in the faith. And even in the essential topics, you know, I think so much of the time, the tendency that we can see in the public sphere is um, this arguing to win the argument and not art like seeking the health of the church and to like win people into yeah. right standing in the spirit. And, you know, I mean, I, I do think like this, this passage, I, I love that urge in the first verse, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. You know, I, I do think like that, that is such a high call yeah, and we, we bear the marks of Christ. Yeah. Like you, there's such this interesting dynamic in you know the the kingdom of god where it's like you are not worthy of the good news of jesus you're not worthy of the righteousness of christ that's right but it's been given to you freely and it's yours you know there there's no contingencies left so go and now be worthy of it you know like like live uh. like you are worthy of it you know and of course like there's not um, you know, there's a there's a theology called sinless perfectionism, which is this idea that we can obtain holiness on earth, and and sure, um, that's a deeper wormhole. But uh, that's we don't, two. We, that's two. You've you've just brought know, up. That know, we're just we're just gonna leave the people. Pastor lines gonna be blown up. Yeah. Um, but we we don't believe sinless perfectionism. You know, we we believe that uh, as sinful people living in a broken world, like we will see sinlessness when we see Jesus. That's right. So, but. I think sometimes we can use that as a cop out of, you know, like, oh, you know, this stupid me, like goofy me, goofed up. And uh, there, there is this seriousness that we're, we're supposed to take into the Christian life. It's not seriousness that negates having fun uh, or, you know, like a feasting uh, heart. But it's like we're supposed to exhibit the joy and peace and patience of the Lord. And that's, yeah. that's a high calling. And then Paul goes straight to, and you know, I, I think it is interesting when he's talking about walking in a manner worthy, he doesn't go straight towards like drunkenness or sexual sin, sexual immorality. Not that those aren't important, but he actually goes straight to the heart of humility and how you treat your neighbor. And, and this, I think it's important to note, um, it's kind of like when you study the book of James, like he starts off brothers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is a book to believers. Yep. This is a call for Christians interacting with other Christians above all else. Like, because the way we treat each other is how people view Christ himself. Hmm. John 13, Jesus said, they will know you by the way you love one another. If, if we can't get along, why would anyone want to come to faith in Christ? If they're like, you're supposed to be a picture of Christ and I don't like the picture I'm seeing. Hmm. Absolutely. So the way that we treat each other, the way we love each other 
in this church, in other churches that are Christ-centered, like the way that we relate to each other is all very, very important Mm. for the witness of Christ because most people, they don't, they associate Jesus with Christians. When they see a Christian, they think that is Jesus. Now that's not true because mm-hmm. we don't live, like you said, in sinless perfectionism. Yeah. We we are not Jesus. Yeah. But it's not wrong for them to initially think, I guess that's what Jesus is like. Mm. You know, that was Gandhi's deal. Gandhi was like, I like Christ. I just don't like the Christians. Mm. Um, but it's really hard for people to divorce the two in their mind. And so I think this is a gospel witness call as much as it is Christian brotherhood. Mm. Uh, Absolutely. So it's just, it's very important. You know, I, I do think like there's, there's an interesting comparison here of, you know, uh, Jason often says like regarding when he's giving really, really, really practical dating advice, he'll tell guys like show up to the date with a plan. Like have like a good, it doesn't have to be insanely elaborate or expensive or anything, but just show up with a plan. Yeah. Like what are you going to do? And and then he, he says, and I think that this is like a great little one-liner. He says, if you can't lead a date, you can't lead a relationship or a marriage. And I do think that that's true. Like things compound on top of each other, you know, and, and absolutely like the way you are in one setting is it's going to be connected to the way you are in another setting. And so I think this like, bearing with your Christian brothers and sisters in love, eager to maintain a spirit of unity or the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Hmm. You know, I think sometimes we can, with the church, it's like we can be really uh, serious and philosophical about missions and evangelism and stuff. But then, you know, we're kind of like a pack of wild dogs when we're together. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's like that sibling mentality, you know, it's like this, like, uh, you know, I think of like the Aristocrats or Aristocats, like the Disney movie. The I love this. She's not a lady. She's my sister. <laughs> and we can kind of like treat each other like that. Uh, but the thing is, is like you aren't, if you cannot move towards your fellow brothers and sisters in love and in peace, you are not going to be able to move towards the world in love and in peace. You know, if, if you have like to use the church as the home, if you are creating or okay with division and turmoil and home that is not pleasing Jesus, then you're not going to be an ambassador of peace in the world. That's right. It's, it's very holistic. And so we should uh, abide in Jesus and how we treat one another and abide in Jesus and how we pursue the lost. I, I, I listened to one of the elders sent some of the other elders or all the other elders, uh, um, a link to an ask pastor, John, Mm. And uh, I was listening to it and he said something so interesting in there. It was just like a little, little one-liner, but he said, um, he said, Christians have to be careful. And he was speaking to like conservative Christians, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, based on this next line. (laughs) But he said, uh, he said, Christians have to be careful that they are not just uh, conservative Americans. Mm. And he was like, a lot of a lot of what you hear out of the pulpit, you could take Jesus out of, and put it on a conservative radio show or TV show. Oh, snap, man! And it's like, oh man, you totally could, and that's not Christian love. Mm-hmm. That's Christian, quote unquote, Christian partisanism. Yeah, totally. And we love these camps. I'm in the reform camp. Well, I'm in the. Pentecostal camp. Well, I'm in the, 
Like, yeah. the, I just think this passage is such a good call to say we're in the Jesus camp. Yeah. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all. Mm-hmm. He gave us grace. Let us walk in a manner worthy of our calling. And you know what? We're all going to be a little surprised when we get to heaven. Mm-hmm. And we Amen. see Amen. all the people that are there. And I hope that we're surprised in the best of ways and not embarrassed. Yeah. And I think that's where humility comes in. Like if you're, if you're humble and what you, if, if you have this humble confidence in what you believe, then all the surprises that come with knowing and learning more about Jesus uh, will be joyful surprises. But if we grow haughty, then yeah, there'll be, there'll be embarrassing surprises. And, you know, I love just to close out like this, this, uh, line um from psalm 68 that he quotes when he ascended on a high he led a host of captives mm. you know that image the leading a host of captives in his train that is like this medieval war or not medieval ancient war image of mm-hmm. you know after a king would conquest an area they would parade through like go back to the hometown the city and parade through the city with the host of the captive army and, you know it's like this negative like these are like the spoils of our warfare yeah. And so it kind of subverts that image where it's like Jesus d- descends and ascends on high with a host of captives. But rather than it being this shameful humiliation of the people he's leading, it's actually, you know, mm. raising them into he, ascending and raising them into honor with him. And I think that that is so connected to what we're talking about because the way that identifies you and I is. We were on the mm-hmm. other team. Mm-hmm. We were totally lost. We were rebels against God. Amen. And he has captured us with his love. Amen. And he's Amen. redeemed our yes. stories. And so how seriously can you take yourself? Come on. You know, you're just a captive in the, in the train. But, you know, through the love of Jesus, you know, receiving honor and favor that you don't deserve. And so it doesn't mean that we don't study God's word. It doesn't mean that we don't push on towards holiness, but it means that we pursue the health of the church, uh, not, you know, dividing the church apart into the parts that we want to be associated in. That's right. And so it requires sacrifice by all of us. And uh, what greater, you know, example of sacrifice do we have, but the spirit of peace in Jesus himself. So great word from Ephesians 4. We're going to continue through chapter 4 tomorrow for Thomas Nelson. This is Will Carlisle. Can't wait to see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.